Welcome, everybody, to Brace. On today's episode, Paul and I will be discussing comedy, uh, different comedians, uh, our favorites, some of our not-so-favorites, comedy's role in society, uh, where it's going, why it's important, and all those sort of things. Uh, and uh, to start us off, Paul, I'm curious, who is your favorite comedian? That's a that's a very brutal question to start me off with here, Tommy, because <laughs> there are a lot of really amazing comedians. And if you ask at different points in my life, I probably would have had a different answer. The reality is in terms of bodies of work and who I find myself watching the most on those random YouTube binges of looking at, uh, you know, listening to comedy, I would say it's Norm MacDonald. He most famously was known for his stint as the weekend update host of Saturday Night Live in the late 90s. And I actually didn't know who he was until about, I would say, 2015 or 16. And thank goodness for YouTube, I will say, because because of that, I've, I've gotten the chance to see a lot of his work and follow his career uh, as it ended. He died just over a year ago, I think. And it's pretty amazing the stuff that he came out with so norm is my favorite mostly because he was unapologetic about the way that he went about uh creating comedy and that was he decided that something was funny and if you didn't agree he thought that that was funny so no matter <laughs> what something was funny about the situation either he said something that you would find funny and you would laugh or he would say something and you wouldn't find it funny, and he would laugh. Uh, and that was just uh, something that I really kind of related to and and I enjoyed. So Norm is my favorite. What about you? Well, Paul, uh, I have many of favorites. I would say, you know, kind of growing up, someone I would watch uh, often uh, as we DVR'd stuff, uh, I would say Jeff Dunham was uh, one of my early favorites. Uh, but as I've uh, kind of grown and matured and and gotten out of the ventriloquism <laughs> comedy area. I have to name a few, and I don't know okay. if I can really name my top. Well, um, can, can you answer who your favorite is right now? Right now, uh, at this time and place, I feel like Tim Dillon is probably uh, probably my favorite. Tim Dillon, wow. Okay. Yeah, he. Uh, it's hilarious. He has his podcast, the Tim Dillon uh, show. Hopefully I'm not getting that wrong since I watch it like every week. Uh, but he's got he's got his uh, his producer sitting right next to him and he just goes on hour and a half long rants. And his producer, Ben, will, you know, hop in every once in a while. But it's mainly Tim just like riffing for an hour and a half. And he's got a way about him that he can just rant for so long about all these different topics uh, and he's very like non PC and, uh, I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, he's very funny and having been there, uh, his producer, Ben will start laughing at some of the stuff Tim says. And I don't know if it's like a laugh track sort of thing, but it's, it helps out knowing that there's someone there. So I think he, he is able to continue on with these rants because Ben is laughing. Someone is filling in the gaps with because, some laughter there. Exactly. Um, but but he's great. He's hilarious. Um, he's gay, but you wouldn't know it by just listening to him. It, it, he's just hilarious. Uh, I was just listening to him and Joe Rogan talk today on uh, on a recent podcast. I'll be honest. Um, I think I have seen him only in clips from Joe Rogan. I don't think I've ever listened to his show, um, and I, I don't think I've gotten the chance to see any of his stand up specials. If if he has a couple of those out. He just put a new one out on Netflix, uh, so I, I would highly recommend it. Um, now, the other few names I wanted to throw out there, Bo Burnham. Uh, I know it's kind of a different realm of comedy since it's comedy music, but I feel like being of a similar age, yeah, he's you know maybe six, seven years older than me, but I think being in that same like generation, I really connect with some of his stuff. I think he's hilarious. And then I think Dave Chappelle as well. His old stuff, uh, the Dave Chappelle show or the Chappelle show uh, is hilarious. I know it's probably, you know, not supposed to be talked about, but his sketch with uh, the black white supremacist is <laughs> is honestly like one of the <laughs> one of the funniest sketches I think ever. 
and and he has a few on there like uh the like the homeless guy the crackhead all the ones where they're reenacting charlie murphy's uh <laughs> times in hollywood i think those are hilarious um as well as i think his new specials have have been great um all those new ones on netflix I, i've enjoyed and they've gotten some controversy um but i think most of that's from people who haven't actually watched the specials yeah I get that. Um, the Chappelle show has so many great moments and the even I, I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched an entire episode, but I've seen clips. And the funny thing is, like, being a part of the generation that we're a part of, you don't have to have ever seen a single second of Dave Chappelle to be familiar with the meme that's super popular or was super popular of y'all got any more of those. And that's the crackhead that we're talking about there. <laughs> yep, so, exactly. Yeah, uh, there some part of of this is funny because if you're any amount of influential in your work as a comedian you will penetrate the culture even just as kind of in a meme uh another person i think of in that sense is like steven crowder you may never have uh seen his stand up or be aware that he's you know basically a full-time comedian but you've seen the him sitting there at a desk with a board in front of him that says something and then change my mind. Uh, and that's just entirely, you know, him kind of sipping his, uh, his mug gleefully. <laughs> like that's, you know, people know Steven Crowder, whether or not they are aware of it. Um, so I think Chappelle has that kind of, um, I don't want to say you ubiquitousness, but, um, he's known everywhere. Cultural recognition. Exactly. Cultural recognition. And he is, probably the most talented if if i have to to put a a ranking on the most talented comics working today i think i would put dave Chappelle up against anybody oh yeah for sure and uh i mean if we're talking about best comedians i think that's a different list than like favorites 100%. do you think that's fair yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about kind of our probably um favorites as we went because those are the ones that we're familiar with rather than what other people might objectively say you know, someone was was better than another. Uh, and to speak to your other comment on Bo Burnham, I have watched a little bit of his work. I'm not like overly familiar, but I think an interesting part of his story is just that he got like very famous at 18 or 19 years old. And and that was through the stand up side of things. It wasn't really the music. Uh, and he had to go away for a number of years from the spotlight uh, and then kind of during COVID, he came out with Inside and was catapulted back into the spotlight. He was never uh, away for something that he didn't choose. He was saying, I need I need time away. Uh, but I, I always thought that was very interesting because I think part of and, and I might be speaking out of turn, but probably part of your relating to him well is that kind of shock of coming into adulthood and like wow what am i doing here type thing and that in my mind that's the comedy that i think he portrays is kind of a um do you know what a, i mean by that a, like a, a child becoming an adult that a little transition bit. yeah when you kind of realize that nobody really knows what they're doing and our parents have lied to us for the first 18 years of our lives <laughs> nobody freaking knows uh and i think that's so funny kind of realizing uh so I, I, you know, I started my job last year and, uh, the title of, uh, my journal for the first year was my, my freshman year of adulthood. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, you, you graduate college, you're a senior and then, you know, you just go back into being a freshman, right? You're learning everything new. You're at the bottom of the totem pole and there really is no senior year per se. Maybe that's when you retire, but yeah, it's, that's uh, funny. So I, I think there's... you finished a year. You're your past freshman year, right? Yeah. So technically, I'm in my sophomore year of of adulthood. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of the sophomore slump. You know, you uh, you have you have some good times. You figure it out in freshman year, and then uh, you add 20 pounds in sophomore year. That's oh man. Well, I think that's probably why the kids that don't go to college but instead just go directly into the workforce or trade school or something like that they just figure life out a lot faster because instead of feeling like they, they get to freshman year again at 23 years old, they were yeah. at freshman year at 18 and it never yeah. ended. That was just adulthood. That's really funny. Um, yeah. But I think that's definitely a reason why I relate to Bo 
another another comment just about the like the musical side of things. Dimitri Martin, I don't think is doing any work these days, but he was one of my favorites to watch on the musical front. He's very multi-talented and also like clearly uh, a very intuitive thinker. So he would make really out there connections that, that you know, he would present to you. And it, there was usually about a, a second long gap before the audience would laugh because it would take them a, a second to get it. And then they'd be like, Oh my gosh, that was, that was something else. Um, so Dimitri Martin's another one that on the musical front, I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, now, not just on the musical front, but I think when we're talking about Bo Burnham, right? So he, he grew up in an age of, of the internet, right? And as you were saying, became very famous at a young age. And I think YouTube also, uh, was a big reason for why he was able to kind of blow up so quickly. You know, he he was maybe one of the first YouTube influencers. Maybe not influencers, but like having that cultural awareness or cultural knownness, uh, at least by a generation of people, because uh, a lot of us, you know, watch YouTube and see that sort of thing. Um, and I think there's, you know, a lot of Viners that were just doing silly six-second videos are now, you know, some of the richest 20 something year olds, right? So Logan and Jake Paul. What are those? Uh, <laughs> but like they're not necessarily comedians, but they started out blowing up in the same in a similar way. Um, well, what comes to mind when you say that is PewDiePie, right? Like one of the oh, biggest yeah. YouTubers of all time and basically all he was doing was reviewing games and like, you know, uh, making kind of jokey videos that were like very meme heavy. And like that was his entire shtick, and he got a hundred million subscribers on YouTube from doing yeah. it. Um, yeah, I mean it's true. We're we're in a in a weird place where everyone has access to the internet, and the internet is a, a catapult for fame. Um, I would yeah, like I wouldn't put the Paul brothers in the comedy uh, lane, but at the same time, pretty much anyone who has a podcast, in a sense you know, brings their own humor to it for the for most sure, part. Sure. So there's, there's always that level of like, you know, whoever you're listening to it, whether it's the, you know, the Paul brothers podcast or, or whoever, um, there's that chance that, um, you kind of just vibe with the humor that they have. And if that's the case, they become one of your favorite people to listen to. And I didn't mean for this to be a good segue, but it is, you mentioned the Tim Dillon show. Uh, who are your other comics that you end up finding yourself listening to the clips or the full podcasts regularly? Yeah, so there's, I would say, four or five main ones. Uh, not full four or five different podcasts, but uh, Two Bears, One Cave uh, features Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. Mm -hmm. And we were talking two days ago, uh, you know, just on a call, kind of prepping. And, uh, dude, some of those clips are just hilarious uh specifically when tom segura is doing like a dance video uh to go to go back against bert and it's it's one of the funniest videos on the internet uh, i'd highly recommend anybody take a look at that uh but then like when it comes to their podcast bert kreischer the machine is is another very funny comedian um and he he's known for this one story um but on this two bears one cave podcast uh, there's a clip where he pours like a red liquid into a glass and Tom is like, what is that? He poured it from like a gallon jug and it's, it's a gallon of Kool-Aid and just the next two minutes of them, like talking about how much sugar Bert drinks every day for like the past few months. Oh my God. It is honestly, again, one of the, one of the funniest things I've seen. So I'd highly recommend that. Um, I, I cracked up at that clip <laughs> for three minutes straight just at how Tom was laughing at Bert saying that's so much sugar. <laughs> uh, brutal. Another one. Uh, this features Tom Segura as well. Your mom's house. Uh, so that's Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. These are two comedians that are married. And uh, this podcast is more like clip related. They'll have different, uh, different guests on different comedians that they'll chat with as well as, you know, their conversations back and forth, but they also interweave that with, different clips you know whether they be horrible brutal things or just crazy people on tiktok and then the third main comedic podcast that i uh listen to is bad friends so this is andrew santino and bobby lee and uh i i think their chemistry and and, and them like either fake fighting or kind of playing into it 
Uh, they're very good with improv. They they like improv different different movie ideas, and it's another very funny podcast. Nice. Okay. I honestly, um, I've seen a lot of the clips from Two Bears One Cave, and I definitely have seen a couple of clips from from that one with Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee. Um, I'm pretty familiar with Bobby Lee's work, but. I haven't watched, I don't think, any of their uh, full-length podcasts, so I, I may have to check that out at some point. I definitely recommend it. I, I know, I think it was about two years, and uh, COVID had just started, and I think that's when I was watching it. And I remember just having my headphones in, like sitting on the couch with my family in, uh, I think it was like you know Florida or South Carolina, and I was just cracking up, and my parents were like, what are you laughing at? And I was just like, I don't know. These two are just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my favorite on the podcast front, actually, it's kind of it lines up well because I have three as well that I would say I um, listen to with fair regular, fair regularity. Not the whole podcast all the time, but sometimes I'll, I'll check it out, especially if it's a guest that I like. Andrew Schultz's flagrant two with Akash Singh uh, is. Oh yeah. Hysterical. Andrew Schultz. I got the chance to see him live last year around oh, my birthday. That's awesome. And it was, it was very fun. The, I, I, it's sad to report. I don't even remember the opener's name, but he had me, you know, grabbing my sides too. I was in stitches. So, uh, Andrew Schultz is a very talented comedian. Probably if I had to put a, a bet in for best at crowd work, he is really good at just, you know, saying, Hey, you know, what, what's your story here? Where, where are you from? <laughs> uh, and turns it into a whole bit every single time. So that's that's awesome. Um, another one would be Bill Burr's uh, Monday morning podcast, especially in sports season. I enjoy it because he usually has some little rant about something that happened. And usually I'm not actually like aware of it. So to hear this redhead just get all bent out of shape over something that didn't matter at all always makes me laugh. And he also like his ad reads are hilarious because he just butchers them every time. And that's like the point. Um, <laughs> and then the last one that I would bring up would be Theo Vaughn's podcast called This Past Weekend. And Theo's got a real special type of comedy that is pretty absurd. Like just the way that he says stuff makes you laugh. It's not that the content <laughs> of his story or whatever is making you laugh. But he'll just say something. You're like, did you really like that's how you're going to say that, man? And just always gets me. So doesn't really matter. He will open up with a monologue that will be a lot of minutes long about <laughs> really nothing in particular. And he'll just go on tangent after tangent after tangent and then end it with like, well, but but God bless y'all, man. Yeah. God bless y'all. And then just like move on to whatever he wants to talk about next. And it's just so funny. Um, so those are the three that I, I listen to every once in a while. And I will give a shout out. I know I already brought up Steven Crowder. There's another person on his show called, uh, named Dave Landau. I wasn't familiar with him, but I've since seen a lot of his clips and they're actually touring the country right now. Top tier. It's very, very funny. And uh, whatever the topic of the day is, current events that's going on, he's pretty darn fast on his feet. Sometimes they'll just go off kind of on a tangent, just going back and forth, uh, playing off each other. And I can end up in stitches in that as well. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i very familiar with uh, all three of those podcasts you mentioned, uh, even a little bit familiar with uh, Steven Crowder and Dave Lando. Uh, not so much their comedic work, but I've seen uh, louder with Crowder, but this past weekend, I think you, you hit it right on the mark. I mean, Theo Vaughn just has a way of way of saying some stuff. That's, it's so ridiculous. You just, <laughs> I don't know. I, it might be part of his accent, like his Southern accent, but, uh, he, he's hilarious. Andrew's, uh, Andrew Schultz. I think he's in a sense, somewhat, uh, revolutionized a comedy for a lot of like newer people as they're starting up mm -hmm. um he was like the first one to like put his special out on youtube uh instead of trying to sell uh, it to netflix or a streaming service but he was doing that and you know doing like what's that you said uh the crowd work yes crowd yep. work um he was putting that out on youtube and it just amassed such a following um and i think there's definitely something to be said about you know if you put it out there for free and then you know, you get people to buy tickets just based on that. Uh, very smart. I didn't and know it, he did that. Uh, yeah. With his, that, his, uh, he did an hour long special and he just dropped it on YouTube. I think it was maybe like 
I think it was maybe like a 30 minute or something. It, it was shorter than an hour, but That's it was nice. like three different clubs that he did like 10 minutes at a 10 minute set at each one, um, all in New York. And it was all like kind of pieced together, but he put it out on, on YouTube for free. And will, that was kind of his, uh, his big, like rise to, to stardom. I will absolutely check that out. If I haven't seen, I probably have seen some, you know, snips from, from that, but I'll have to watch that all in a row. Cause I, I wasn't aware of that. That's awesome. Yeah, but he he definitely used social media to his advantage. Those those Instagram clips, uh, kind of at the start of the pandemic, were hilarious. And then he was able to sell that to Netflix, um, in that same kind of format where he's doing like a rant, but he's also got pictures. And so, like you can watch it a few different times, and you laugh at different things each time, right? Because you could be listening or you could be watching. That's that's another excellent thing that uh, Schultz has done. Um, and like you said, the crowd work is is phenomenal. And then. What was the third one you mentioned? Oh, the the Bill Burr Monday Morning Podcast. I haven't watched too much of it, but I am familiar. I think Bill Burr is one of the funniest comedians currently out there. He's definitely in my probably top five of, of comedians now. Oh, man. I hope we don't have to do that. If We might have to do that at the <laughs> end is, is put together our comprehensive top oh, five. Oh, no. People we've talked about here because we've got a lot of names that we've talked about. And we've got a lot more coming here. So, um yeah, Bill Burr, though, his last couple of specials have, have been really solid, too, which helps. Like, if you're not putting out consistent good material, then it's hard to to put you in that top five area. But he's he's been great. And, and yeah, I, like his podcast is not high quality, to be clear. It's it's only ever <laughs> it just him. It seemed like recording on a phone, right? Uh-huh. It's basically, <laughs> and every once in a while, his wife comes in and, and she'll be included as well. And, like, that's it. Um, but And it's literally just him ranting for an hour and a half. But, like... <laughs> Every once in a while, you just need that because it just makes you go, wow, I'm so sane in comparison to this guy. Like, this oh, yeah. is awesome. Well, that's where uh, I've heard comparisons to the Monday Morning Podcast and uh, Tim Dillon's podcast. Oh, really? Because he yeah. rants like that, too? Uh, a similar, like, kind of ranting sort of uh, sort of idea. That's awesome. So you kind of started off talking about Jeff Dunham a little bit. Uh, I'm curious, though, in terms of your history your growth as a person who have been some of the the comics that have been most influential to you? I would say like going through high school, uh, like I mentioned already, but Bo Burnham, I watched all his specials and there's something as well to me about his specials that it's not just laughing. Like there's like a philosophical undertone and, and, and maybe it's a little bit dark or depressive, but he's got this like sadness about him as well. I don't, I don't know if that's good as an influential, but uh <laughs> But uh, you telling us something here, Tommy? Come on. (laughs) um, (laughs) I know also, like, I remember, you know, getting together with high school friends. We would watch uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Mm -hmm. Hart's an incredible comedian. Uh, He was blowing up and I still think he's great. I just uh, his his past few specials haven't been as high caliber to me. Did Um, you watch the one that was at his house? Yes. Like during the uh, pandemic, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. I thought it, I thought it was decent. Um, me too. That's the most recent one I saw. Like, but decent's the right word. The one yeah. where he was in sold out huge arenas and was having like LeBron crack up as he was making fun of Shaq. Like, those <laughs> are the moments where I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, that's that's beat Kevin Hart. Yeah, and then uh, an, like other ones I remember listening to growing up, Gabriel Iglesias, oh, uh, Fluffy, Fluffy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Yummy soda. Okay. I prefer vanilla Coke. You got it. Um. That those um, and then I remember as well when Robin Williams died, I remember like that was like one of the first people I kind of looked up to that had passed. I don't I don't know if I necessarily looked up to him, but I I just I loved him in all the different movies I'd seen him in. He was, you know, a hilarious person. But I I remember like specifically having the thought like, oh, that kind of that hurts more so than other celebrity passings and i think the same thing happened for me with uh gene wilder you know he, he was in uh shoot, willy, wonka. willy willy wonka blazing saddles mm-hmm. um, another like kind of hilarious but no longer tolerable uh comedic movie but yeah robin williams and uh gene wilder were two that like hurt me more as celebrity passings uh than i would say any others that have happened in in the recent past well, Robin Williams is one of those where, I mean, most people, I don't know if most people know him as this, but most people our age might, that he was genie in Aladdin. Uh, he was 
so funny. And when I found out that like most of the hilarious lines were completely unscripted, like <laughs> it's not surprising, right? You see how talented the guy is, but it also just goes like, wow, so much of this character that I loved growing up was actually just this dude um, made me really appreciate Robin Williams. And same with, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire, very classic oh, yeah. movie. And yeah, he had a couple of clips that were uh, going around recently. One was uh, a bit he had about the guy who invented golf and explaining what his new sport is, which just <laughs> had me absolutely cracking up. Um, and Robin Williams, I think, is one of those examples of in order to be an effective comedian, you got to be a little bit cracked. You got to have some damage in your past. You got to have some something that you're covering up with the comedy, with the humor. Um, and I think Robin Williams is one of those, you know, quintessential ex examples where every single room he walked into, he was the funniest guy. Uh, and how did he end up dying? You know, it was by suicide. So, you know, a, a lot of the people that we're talking about here have substance abuse issues and, you know, plenty of things in their life that could be going better. And, and it's just kind of hard to remember that because they just make us laugh so hard. Uh, another one that, you know, uh, died too young, Chris Farley. I oh, mean, my gosh. Yeah. His bits were, I mean, his movie, Tommy Boy, one of the first like rated <laughs> R movies I ever watched. And so funny, just like made me a, a believer for life that this was the funniest guy ever. Some of his famous uh, personas on SNL, like the, the guy who lives in the van down by the river, <laughs> um, is absolutely next to nothing. Like there hasn't Dude. been anybody that's done it better. So two funny stories with that that specific bit um we came home from karaoke one night and i started doing that bit like kind of pulling my pants up and uh just start being like if you want to you want to live in a van down by the river and just just making my entire family laugh um i remember doing it at my college graduation party and like jumping on a table because at the end of that bit he like breaks the table <laughs> Uh, I broke a table in my backyard, like we were next next to the fire, all just sitting around, all drinking, having a merry old time. Yes, technically I'm copying him, but I'm glad that you know his his bit can uh, can resonate and, and and still make people laugh today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's timeless. Same. I mean, fat guy in a little, little coat. Yeah. I mean, whatever <laughs> it is, a lot of these bits are going to be timeless. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about comedy and maybe not timeless, but definitely will last a couple of generations before it's defunct. But I, I love uh, Chris Farley's comedy and really a lot of the guys from SNL end up being I mean, Norm, like I said, is my favorite. And he <laughs> was from SNL. He was in that same era. He came up with Farley. Um, Adam Sandler, David Spade. I mean, some of the funniest guys out there and, and, you know, a lot of them you might think of more as actors, but, you know, essentially they were skit actors at, at, yeah. in the beginning. And, and, you know, speaking of comedic actors, right? Like Adam Sandler has all those different movies, uh, happy Gilmore. Um, that's the one I can think of currently, Billy, Billy uh, Madison. Billy Madison yeah. Uh, and then like Jim Carrey, I'm pretty sure he got his start also as a comedian, but He's probably one of the most prolific comedic actors of our time. The Mask. I know the this Grinch. isn't The Grinch. Uh, he's just, he's great. He's incredible. What's the one where he gets to be God for a little bit? Bruce oh, Almighty? Yeah. Uh, it's either Bruce or, is Evan Almighty the first one? Because I think no. Bruce Almighty, okay. I think, I think Evan those. Almighty is the one with Steve Carell. I okay. could be wrong, but... Um, but yes. speaking of comedic actors, Steve Carell, <laughs> Steve Carell, Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais, both of them, the guys from The Office, man, they, they were uh, they, they knocked that out of the park. I'm a big Dude, fan. When Ricky Gervais just like throws it in the face of all the Hollywood celebrities of how <laughs> like how shitty they are, like just right in front of them at like their crowning ceremony. You know, it's it's hilarious. Uh, I love so when, watching those. Watching when you come those, up uh, here. Videos. Don't sit here and tell everyone at home what to think. Just thank your agent and your God and F off. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is, is on another level. I think just because he has such a heavy accent, a British accent, they just let him say stuff they wouldn't let Americans say. I'm not sure, but they definitely let him assault the Hollywood people for quite a while. And I <laughs> they kept it. rehiring him. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, who I mean Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, Seinfeld. Larry David. Larry David. Yep. He um, he was uh I think like one of the main writers for Seinfeld. 
the show and then curb your enthusiasm i've heard very great things uh and it's definitely a show i want to i want to take a look at oh man um arrested development who am i thinking of oh oh jason jason somebody? bateman jason, jason bateman <laughs> Dude. Like and then michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. That's where Michael Sarah, I'm pretty sure, got his start. And like, then you think of like Super Bad with Jonah Hill. This is the end. Uh, all those actors and uh, McLovin. McLovin. <laughs> stupid name is McLovin. I think. Yes. I think it was maybe just the the 15 year anniversary of Super Bad coming out. Man, that's. I mean, it makes sense because uh, Jonah Hill definitely looks a lot older than he did in that <laughs> movie. That's for, oh, sure. for sure. But Jonah Hill too. I mean, super bad. Uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Um, I mean, I guess kind of his role in Wolf of Wall Street. Like, yeah, definitely one of those actors that is usually pretty darn funny in whatever he's in. Do you ever Dude. see um, War Dogs? Oh yeah, I thought that was a great movie. Yeah, this is probably my favorite comedic actor, uh, and it's probably because of Step Brothers. And it's probably because we have a uh, a yearly watch party on Christmas Eve, like before, like we go to bed and Santa comes. Um, Santa's real, right? Uh, but Will Ferrell, Will, dude, dude, that's funny. I, I think of Elf in terms of Christmas oh, Will really? Ferrell movies for sure. He was oh yeah, I know. We, we watched Step Brothers on on Christmas Eve. <laughs> that's amazing. When he when he starts like fake when he starts crying uh, after he like uh, who's the other who's the other actor in that. Yeah, it's, I'm not going to come up with it. My fuck, buddy would but, be very mad because it's one of his favorite actors. <laughs> dude, when when uh, they're like going back at each other, like on that first day they meet and they're having like dinner and uh, he says something. And uh, that actor that we can't think of his name right now, I, I feel bad because uh, he's also great. But he says, like, last time I heard that, I fell off my dinosaur. And then Will Ferrell <laughs> starts like Riley. crying. Yeah, John C. Riley. When when Will Ferrell starts crying, like I do that bit at work, and and my buddy Chris always laughs every single time. Like he'll he'll dig on me, and I'll just I'll just do like the fake cry, and it's oh. Did you touch my drum set? <laughs> yes, I I think that Will Ferrell has some. I mean, Will Ferrell I think did Anchorman, and then decided that he was just gonna live the rest of his life in that character, uh, <laughs> and it's worked out pretty well for him overall because oh, yeah. he's he's done a lot of movies where he's kind of in a, in that similar vein um talladega nights is another one that i think of of like so many quotable lines i wake up in the morning and i piss excellence yeah i mean like come on you can't dude old school old school uh, semi-pro <laughs> like so many uh oh. yeah he's he's a special to and at the same time like if you don't have a palette for kind of the really raunchy comedies it's probably not for you right because he sure. every other word is going to be the f word or, or whatever <laughs> um but and that's why i think i know like my mom and my sister love elf because it's a clean movie and it's still will ferrell being will ferrell just in pretending he's an elf uh, in new york city so he is uh very talented though and definitely kind of the epitome of the comic actor and, and the other two we haven't talked about that definitely can't get missed we we talked about the Chappelle show but Key and Peele kind yeah. of picked up in that same vein in the in the skit acting and some of those clips are legendary and kind of like brings you back to at least for me when I was in high school actually watching those live you know oh yeah two comedians that are I think a little bit lesser known that I think are hilarious Tim Robinson he's got a show on Netflix I think you should leave and it's all like sketch comedy. And he was a writer on SNL who essentially all all the skits that he was told he couldn't do on SNL, he put them in this show, I Think You Should Leave. And it's it's hilarious. It's got two seasons. Uh, each episode is maybe 16 minutes. So it's it's great to just throw on real quick. And then the other one who has two shows now that I think are hilarious, Nathan Fielder. Oh, uh, Nathan for you. I've yes. watched that one. Oh, yeah. my. Nathan for you is one of the funniest shows ever. So he plays like this, uh, this businessman, almost like in a, like a, you know, restaurant restoration or like a, uh -huh. uh, that sort of thing. Like he, he's got an idea and he's going to try and help these small businesses increase their sales and all that sort of stuff. And his qualification and, uh, was like, he was a 3.7 student that got a business <laughs> degree in Canada. Like that's yeah. it. That's all he's got. And uh, like the one is uh, he's trying to get this this yogurt place 
uh-huh. uh, to get more attraction, right, and get more people to come. <laughs> uh, and so he goes to the entire extent of getting a poo-flavored ice mm-hmm. cream or poo-flavored custard. <laughs> no one's ever had that. It's it's new, so people will get, want to try what's new, what they've never had before. Dude, but he's incredible at, like, not breaking. Like, Deadpan. he he just goes, he goes the entire way for the bit. And his new show on HBO, uh, The Rehearsal, he goes to the most extreme extents. I'm telling you, he is probably one of the funniest people making TV shows today. So hilarious. I, I don't think I saw the full skit, but I remember seeing a short of him going, I'm trying what no one else has ever tried before. I'm being locked in, you know, this set of handcuffs. And if I don't get out in 60 seconds, this uh, bleacher full of elementary students are sitting here and I will have this machine pull down my pants. And if, if I do expose myself to these children, this police officer is on hand. To <laughs> so he's doing what's worse than death you know like like drowning or or getting chopped by an axe like he's 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 about ready to go to jail if he doesn't get out of this magic trick he's gonna oh be a sex God. offender yeah uh, <gasps> very funny he is he's topped and again it's like uh it's that deadpan comedy where like yes if you watch it and you go this is so incredibly stupid you're not wrong like objectively, you're not <laughs> you're, wrong. You're, you're not, but <laughs> right. But it doesn't at the make same it time, any less funny. Exactly. Uh, and deadpan comics. I gotta throw this in there so I don't forget it. Um, there was definitely a time when I would watch hours and hours of Stephen Wright over and over again on YouTube. Again, this was he was before our time. He probably stopped working in the in the late aughts. Um, he started in the maybe late seventies, early eighties, but he had the best deadpan comedy of anyone that I've ever seen. Um, he would walk out onto the stage to, you know, roaring applause and he would pick up the microphone and, and when it died down enough for him to talk, he would just go, thanks. <laughs> and like, that was the entire tone of the, of, of the, uh, the skit. He would just sit there and then he would say, and, and it was all completely random. It, he didn't have logistically, uh, sound transitions to his jokes, he would just tell a joke and then everybody would laugh. And then he would say something a little bit weird. Oh, uh, another one of my favorites. I put spot remover on my dog and he disappeared. <laughs> like that's, that's a Stephen Wright joke. So he had, he had a lot of those and he is, uh, one of the best ones out there on the, on the deadpan front. But I didn't even think about Nathan Fielder. Thanks for, for bringing him oh, up. Yeah. Cause I watched some of Nathan for you. There was one where he was trying to get a, uh, real estate agent to make herself like the haunted real estate agent. Oh my so gosh. She, he, he like got her to like, get confirmation from uh whatever i don't know who the the person was uh a soul reader that would say yes this house is in fact haunted and then she would have to try to sell the haunted house (laughs) it's uh it didn't work out great but it's it's amazing to me too that these like business uh owners are willing to like go along with it to any degree because it's always like catastrophic for their businesses <laughs> i think uh one of the funniest ones is uh they do a uh they're trying to get this petting zoo to get more notoriety and he ends up like making a video where this pig like saves a goat but they they fabricate it because they put like only one way this this pig can go in the water like they they set up like a glass underneath the the, the pond and he just like pushes this goat out and it it was on the news like this video just went <laughs> this this video went viral. Like he was just doing it as a like shits and gigs, and it was broadcast on the news. Like, you know what? In uh in happier terms, we're gonna show you this video. This you know this yeah, very classic. this great thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he does at the end of it is like, you know, I didn't think it would get all this recognition. And he's talking to like the woman who owns the petting zoo, and he's like, and uh. You know, I, I think it's better for the story that we just don't put your petting zoo like <laughs> we, we don't say it was your petting zoo. So essentially it did nothing at all for the petting zoo. Classic. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. When it comes also to uh, deadpan comedians, uh, Anthony Jesselneck. 
Have you ever oh, watched any of his? He gosh. is hilarious as well. So what I mean, yeah. his his MO is to start a joke that sounds like you know where it's going. And he has a lot of pauses in his voice very naturally. Yep. That he would he pauses at the right time so that you feel like you know the punchline. And then he turns it to be five times darker than you expected. Uh, and, and that was, I mean, it's a little bit of shot comedy, but he was also very funny. That's true. Oh yeah. There were a couple in my childhood that I was a big fan of going back. Anthony Jesselman Nick was kind of like early teens that I, I became familiar with him. Um, first of all, we both, I mean, anyone in our generation that had TV probably knew Daniel Tosh, Tosh.0. Yep. He was one of the best like commentary comics, just like he would put together the, basically the PowerPoint presentation he was going through and he would make you crack up at some point because of it. So he was very talented at that. And then two others that were clean comics uh, that, you know, my parents didn't mind me listening to when I was in, you know, early uh, middle school would have been Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan uh, is not even that overweight. He's overweight. But he always would start out pretty much every special by being like, yeah, I haven't been able to lose any weight and then would make, you know, half an hour worth of food jokes like in a row. <laughs> so bacon and Hot Pockets and McDonald's are all things that I associate with uh, Jim Gaffigan because he had <laughs> such great jokes about them. And then Brian Regan, man, he had some really incredible um, like physical comedy with his face he could make his face look like in the most pain or the most enraged or the most anything you could you could imagine. Um, and really, like a lot of his jokes were kind of just like play on word types that would would get you. One of one of my favorites was a bit about the difference between murder and manslaughter and like which one's really worse here? Because like you murder. OK, so so you're murdering. But if you're if you commit manslaughter, like I slaughtered a man, like that's <laughs> clearly so. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy his comedy as well. So, you know, we we've mentioned a ton of different comedians, uh, comedic actors. I'm curious, what do you think the role of comedy is in society? Why do we gravitate towards these things? That's a a, a deep question and a good one. For me. I kind of look back at the history and if you go back far enough to when there was, you know, royalty, there was court jesters, there were always there was always a role for uh, the absurd. And I think in a sense, comedy gives us all the outlet to be honest without having to own up to that honesty. So one of the things we've kind of talked about or, or touched on here. Uh, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, there have been some stand-ups recently that have gotten a lot of flack for the topics that they're willing to cover. And for me, the question is always, am I laughing or am I not laughing? And if I'm laughing at something, it's because they invoke a deeper truth that laughing is not a conscious decision, right? When something is funny, it's just funny. Uh, and I think comedy is so important because it gives us that outlet to explore the absurd in society as we're living because that's what we all laugh at is what we can relate to and a good comic will find what everyone can relate to find the absurd part of it and play with that and, and that's why i think it's so important because it, it kind of gives a mirror to society and if we take ourselves too seriously uh, there isn't any room for good discussion but i think that in part comedy gives us that room because if we can all sit down and listen to Dave Chappelle and laugh at the same jokes, then we might be able to come together and talk about what was underpinning that premise that we made a, might agree and disagree on, but we, we can come to a common understanding. Are you familiar with Dave Chappelle's joke about Juicy Smoulier? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so that was, to me, one of the best current event jokes that I ever saw someone write and, and produce and, and act successfully that had everyone on his side that I mean, when the Jesse Smollett case and event came out, everyone was divided. There was like he says, there was all the actors saying justice for juicy. Um, <laughs> and then as we got more development, you know, the people that were calling the cops pigs weren't exactly in the right. I think that 
the ability to take a current event like that that is polarizing immediately when it happens and after the time after the distance you know and we aren't as touchy and sensitive about it if you can make fun of that really effectively and get everyone on your side it shows that we're not as far apart as people think we might be but that's that's my two cents on the importance of comedy uh, I want to hear you answer that same question if you can. So it might be kind of just paraphrasing what you said, but I think many a times we put things in a box, you know, one or zero, black or white, and it's it's one or the other. And I think comedy plays in the gray area. Comedy comedy is walking the areas that we're not allowed to say at work or or this or that. And in a, in addition to that, I I just think that kind of like you said, having that outlet is good, right? I, I think laughing is good for humans. I think it's good to to make fun of one another in, you know, in a kind way. And uh, I think it provides camaraderie uh, between people. I know that isn't as in-depth as what you had said. Uh, no, but at, but have, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Yeah, com- yeah providing yeah. camaraderie and, and finding a, a place of mutual understanding. I think that, that yeah, we're in the same place. For sure. Um, I also think that it allows for truths to be said without hurting anybody. Cause if you know, it's a joke and I guess maybe that's, maybe that's somewhat incorrect because some people get upset at, at these topics that are, that are brought up. But I think also, like you said, and Rogan brings it up all the time, you know, whether a joke is funny or not, the objective was to try and be funny. Right. So it's all coming from a place of trying to make people laugh, trying to bring happiness even if it's a joke that doesn't necessarily land, you got to understand it came from a place of trying to make people laugh. And I, I think the role it plays in society is to find where the line is and to purposefully overstep it. You know, mm. we need we need to have, you know, what's right, what's wrong. But we also need to to know where that line is. And comedy is allows us to step over that line and then maybe walk it back and, and see where we need to be. And sometimes that line is is too close and we need comedians and, and comedy to to actually extend that line, right? Similar to what you were saying, where you know it allows us to look at a premise underneath and and come together and see what's absurd about it. Um, yeah. And I, I think, you know, what you're saying there makes a lot of sense. And generally the idea that there are things that we can't make jokes about because they're off limits. I don't know what the exact saying is, but something like if you want to know who's really in charge, look at who you're not allowed to make jokes about or not allowed to criticize. And that I think is really telling. And and it makes you say if a particular person or a particular group, it's, it's, you know, quote unquote, not okay to make jokes about that's probably wrong. We probably all deserve to have jokes made about us. So that's where I think comedy is very important to continue to make the jokes because as soon as someone says, no, you can't say that, we're in a different place than we thought we were because we have freedom of speech here. So I think that's another role of comedy is, like you said, and that's kind of what made me think of it, continuing to push the line, but ensuring that everyone's lines are being pushed. Right. Like no one is is getting off scot free here. I I think that's another important part. Right. Like true equality means everybody gets made fun of. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if there are groups we aren't making fun of. Right. Like that almost puts them in a in a different class. Right. And to me, that's not equality. Yes, I understand, you know, how people can can get upset at certain topics. But in this in this true, you know, future where we look at you know, people being treated equally, people having equal opportunities. That means everybody gets made fun of. Everybody gets joked about. There's a reason to joke about these things, right? We we always want to be pushing the line. And again, making jokes comes from a place of trying to make people laugh, trying to make people happy. And I think that's, in a sense, what it comes down to. That's, that is uh, the importance of it and why, you know, Kevin Hart gets paid tens of millions of dollars. It's to make us all laugh, make us all happy. I agree completely. It's it's an outlet. It's just like sports or anything else that we do. It, it gives us something to be a part of, but be just an observer at the same time, and, but take part in something and, and understand that the people on either side of us are, are experiencing it at the same time. For sure. All right. Um, should we do? What, what do you think? Top five? <sighs> I'm going to have to... It's so hard. I'm going to I'm going to change it five times. I'm going to rapid fire all the people that we've talked about so far. 
Dave oh. Chappelle, Norm Macdonald, Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer. We didn't even talk about Louis C.K. That's crazy. Oh, my Theo Vaughn, Jeff Dunham, uh, Tim Robinson, Seinfeld, Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey, Gene Wilder, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, uh, Stephen Wright, Brian Regan, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, Stephen Crowder, Dave Landau, Tim Dillon, Robin Williams, David Spade, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, Nathan Fielder, Bill Burr, Andrew Schultz, Ricky Gervais, Kevin Hart, Key and Peel, and Bo Burnham. Uh, I don't know if I forgot anybody else. That's a that's a pretty impressive list, though. All right, I'm putting together my top five. Give me a, give me a moment. You got it. I believe in you. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it off rote here, based on only Oof. this sheet of paper. So I'm gonna do top five all time based on my personal preferences of their style. Number five, Stephen Wright. Number four, Andrew Schultz. Number three. Oh man, this is so difficult. Chris Farley. Number two, Dave Chappelle. Number one, Norm Macdonald. That's that's pretty Ooh. solid. I'm okay. I'm okay with solid. that list. All right. I'm coming up with number five right now. Whew. And listen to, to all you, you know, celebrity comedians out there listening to this podcast. Don't take that, it personally. Yeah, don't take it personally. Okay. This is We love you too, Theo Vaughn. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh shoot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. You got it. We All got right. it. Number five, Nathan Fielder. Number four, Chris Farley. Number three, Bo Burnham. Number two, Dave Chappelle. And number one, Tim Dillon. Those are my my favorite five currently. That's so funny that we still that we both have Chappelle at two. Well, I, I, I mean, yeah. he's again, he's like you said, probably the best comedian working today. Yep. Um, and and the only reason I like Tim Dillon more as I probably listen to him more often. So recency bias probably plays a little bit of a role. Yep. And yeah, there are so many good ones. I mean, like if you just watch Joe Rogan enough, you'll see a ton of comics and go, wow, I like them. Oh yeah. We didn't talk about Mark Norman. We didn't talk about some of the late night comics. Conan was hilarious. Uh, we didn't talk about Don Rickles or Rodney Dangerfield. Some Ari of the older Shafir. guys. Ari Shafir. Yeah. We didn't talk about Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, John Belushi. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Like, there, there's a lot of people out there, or I mean, I, I should have talked about Bill Cosby as well. I, I know he's persona non grata, but he is one of the people that made me fall in love with comedy. I had a couple of his CDs growing up and um, his bits on just the playground from his original stand up specials in the 50s were hilarious, absolutely hysterical. So all of this, I'm, I'm going to say my wrap up is enjoy comedy, listen to comics, go to a couple of shows it's good to have more laughter in your life. I would definitely agree. Uh, and also, you know, if you don't like a comedian, don't watch them. You don't need to take away fun for others uh, just because it may not be your style. Everybody's different. Everybody may like different things. I don't think there's a place where we should be canceling comedians because, again, I think it all comes from a place of trying to trying to make people laugh, trying to make people happy. And, again, I think they play an important role in, in stepping over that line and trying to make it funny. I agree completely. Well, right. Paul, this yeah. has been excellent. It sure has. Thank you yeah. to everybody listening. Uh, you know, give us a give us a like, share us, follow our Instagram, uh, brace.22. And uh, anything else, Paul? That'll do it. We'll talk to you all next time. Goodbye. <laughs>